0: A shot bouncing in off a keeper's head and then that same keeper going up for a corner and getting stranded as the opposition score. A stirring comeback, some late drama, heroes and villains. Arsenal's win at Aston Villa last weekend just about had it all and the Gunners are top of the Premier League. Can they go to the Fox's den and snatch another three points? I'm Kevin Hatchard and this is Football Only Better. Emmy Martinez, the keeper some fans love to hate. Marco O'Hare, the tipster everyone loves to love. Mark, Arsenal showed admirable determination to come through with the win at Villa Park, but it was far from straightforward and Leicester could give them a test this weekend.
1: Yes, uh, they could. Um, I was watching that game against Aston Villa last Saturday um, and I guess the manner of the victory... um, the huge stroke of luck, as you mentioned, for the third goal, regardless of how they played in the second half, which was very, very impressive, in fairness, from Arsenal, um, was just hugely significant, felt very symbolic. It felt like one of those moments you look back on in May and say that was possibly the moment where Arsenal won the Premier League title. Um, I did sort of turn to my missus, who was having to watch it alongside me, and I did say arsenal are going to win the premier league now um that's just the kind of thing that will drive them on and create and, and kind of crystallize that kind of belief and inner confidence in themselves that they can go and win matches um when luck might be uh, sorry well obviously the luck was with them last weekend but when it might be looking like they're going to drop points again and uh you know what did she say um did she just touch and go she okay, just shrugged and it, and, yeah, yeah whatever okay. um but obviously uh, Manchester City dropping points later that day as well against Nottingham Forest and the way in which they drop points as well just might provide the huge kind of galvanising effect for Arsenal need to kind of go again, really. Um There's obviously still a huge amount of football, so we can't get carried away by one weekend. But I just think the manner of the way and the character they showed in that second half um, just provides a a huge boost to that mentality. They've already won nine of 12 away games this season uh, after winning away at Aston Villa. So I don't see any reason why they can't go to the King Power and pick up maximum points. They've already won at some very difficult grounds this season. Brighton, Brentford, Spurs, Chelsea, Palace, Wolves. Leeds, so of course I think they're capable of adding Leicester to that list. Uh, A Leicester team they have beaten in each of the last four meetings and a Leicester side that have only won three home Premier League games at the King Power all season. Uh, Man City, Newcastle, Man United, Fulham, top six teams have all been to Leicester and picked up maximum points. The only positive result Leicester have had against top half teams came against Spurs a fortnight ago who fielded a bit of a ramshackle defence through injury and suspension as well. Uh, bar that to take that result out and Leicester's re- record against the top half reached zero wins, two draws and 12 defeats. Um, the thing with Leicester, though, is obviously they lost 3-0 um, in the end, quite convincingly against uh, Man United at Old Trafford last weekend. But they had a really good go, particularly in that first half. Fashioned some really good opportunities, had some great moments. Um, and we talked about their attack last weekend and we seem to talk about Leicester's attack week in, week out, really, because there is... Real players of quality there, particularly now with James Madison fit and available. Harvey Barnes just seems to always get a couple of attempts at goal, most of which go on target. Tete has been a really nice introduction to the team. And Ian Acho is is kind of linking the play brilliantly well at centre forward too. So, yeah, they are a real threat going forward. but Arsenal, you know, regardless of what we've seen over recent weeks, across the whole body of work, the whole season, they've been really, really impressive. We expect to have Thomas Partey back in that midfield this weekend, which is a major boost as well. Um, and they're up against the, the second worst defence in the division. So I expect Arsenal to score possibly multiple goals here. Um, but also you wouldn't rule out Leicester getting on the score sheet too, just because of those offensive threats as well. So I think this could be quite entertaining. Um I think there will be goals on the agenda. Uh, Arsenal without a clean sheet in their last five Premier League games as well. Um, so there's going to be an opportunity there for Leicester to land a blow. Uh, I just think, I looked at the Arsenal price at 175 and I thought that's, that's fair enough really for Arsenal to go and get Get the victory, but uh, we can stretch it further. Uh, it depends how bold you want to be. I've actually opted for Arsenal to win and over two and a half goals at 2.4. Uh, obviously allows for the 3-0 as well as the 2-1, 3-1, etc. But if you wanted to be bolder, I think Arsenal to win and both teams to score is about 3.2. So uh, a decent leap ahead of the, the sort of 2.4 there. Um, as I say, Leicester have been providing or creating opportunities. Didn't take them last weekend, but more often they do get at least one. Uh, goal in matches particularly against the big teams too and if you look at the reverse game at the Emirates it was, uh, it was pretty held to Skelter I think Arsenal won 5 or 6-2 um, not, not a couple of months ago too so uh, I'm not saying it's going to be same, the same sort of outcome but uh, I do expect Arsenal to win this game and plenty of goals too
0: The XG Robots have been working overtime the data doctor laden with printouts Jake Thorpe from InfoGoal with us once again Jake do you think Leicester can cause a problem for Arsenal as Mark says Absolutely right. Early on at Old Trafford, they looked like they were going to score. It was only David De Gea who stopped them.
2: Yeah, I, I expect them to cause problems for sure. It was a really weird game, wasn't it, last week at Old Trafford? It was It was half an hour where you felt Manny you know, I just kind of weathered the storm a little bit and then kicked on into another gear. unless they just couldn't keep up. But that first half an hour, they were excellent and they really should have been 2-0 up if it wasn't for um, De Gea uh, they're definitely are capable of creating chances. We've seen they've been a really weird team this season from a data standpoint, in the sense that they've they've kind of been like a tidal wave. It's been really bad, defensively, really bad, really bad, really bad, really bad. Peak attack, also not very good, but then mid-season, they just turned into like a really good mid-table team. The defensive process really improved, and then they've come out of the World Cup break and it's just shot up again. So um they're they're a hard team to pin. Um, I, I think that the The only thing we can do is kind of roll with what we've seen um, over the last five or six matches, which is that goals have been more prevalent than they were in the previous six. So I think it's the last four matches over three and a half goals has landed in all of them. Um, There's been an average of 3.8 expected goals per game across those four games as well. Um, Yeah, last week they, they looked all over the place defensively in the second half, conceded over four expected goals. so. What I'm trying to say is that this is going to be a high scoring game because Leicester are involved and the way in which they're playing right now suggests that we should see plenty of chances. Um I, I like the overs as as a playing bet at 1.75. Um I've also got Arsenal to winning over two and a half down as a as a possible play. Um but yeah, the the price jump on the Arsenal winning both teams to score that Mark mentioned is interesting when you factor in um how I'm not to say vulnerable, but how like Arsenal's defensive processes kind of on a bit of an upward trajectory in terms of it's getting worse um, since the restart. Is that basically because party's
0: not there cutting off attacks a lot Um,
2: of the time? Partly, yeah. Um, I mean, it was only last week, wasn't it, that he was missing. um, But yeah, since the restart, they're averaging 1.47 expected goals against per game, which is about 0.5 per game up on what we saw in the first half of the season before the World Cup. So, There's quite a big increase. Um, Fortunately for Arsenal, they are still creating plenty of good chances. That averages up at 2.1. So yeah, that that suggests that generally Arsenal now, um, at this current moment in time, see chances at both ends as well. So I think it could be a very end-to-end game. Um, We saw Leicester play 4-1 against Spurs in what was a very strange but open game. Um, And I I can see this being similar because Arsenal will, they'll definitely create chances against Leicester. They'll play on the front foot I don't think we'll see a Leicester performance like we saw when they played um, Manchester City or Manchester United, which I think were both 1-0 to the away side. Um, I don't think they'll be as negative. I think they've got enough of their better attacking players back fit to be able to have a proper go at Arsenal. And, and they'll fancy the chance of scoring a couple as well. Um, you know, those, those last two home results in particular should fill them with confidence because not only have they picked up four points, but they've... You know, they drew with Brighton, who are a team that we all like. They they're currently top seven, the top six unexpected goals. Um, and they beat Spurs, who are top five unexpected goals, and um, again, sit in the top six in the table. So they'll, they'll have no um, you know, they'll they'll fancy themselves to to get at least on the score sheet against Arsenal and cause them problems. So yeah, I, I like Arsenal to prevail, though. I think they've just got a little bit too much in attack unless their defense is too suspect. Um, but for me, the best get the best bet is just taking the overs. It's a slightly short price-ish at 1.75 but i think it should be shorter still
0: that's an interesting point actually what's your what's your kind of minimum if you see a bet like what i what i tend to get told by by tipsters is 1.75 is a good kind of floor anything shorter than that and you're wondering whether it's actually worth it is that the way you think or does is it just whatever you think a price is bigger than what it should be
2: Yeah, it's more the latter really. Um, I don't really have, like I probably personally wouldn't bet anything under um, about 1.5, I think one to two, something like that. Um, Then you are starting to be, you know, you're having to outlay quite a a big stake to be able to make a decent amount of profit, but it all just comes down to value really. And and if you think the price should be shorter than what it currently is, then ultimately there's a value bet. And in the long run, you're going to be profitable by taking those kind of bets. So in this case, I'd probably make the overs around 1.65. So I'd back it down to that because um, I do think it's um, it's a little bit on the big side, given what Leicester have shown us in particular recently. Um, so, yeah, 1.75 looks like a really smart play for me. Um, <clears throat> but, yeah, I don't know what what you think, Mark. Do you have a kind of minimum price that you got?
1: No, not at all. Um, as you say, you know, if, if there's a, a price available, you um at 1 to 2 which is 1.5 in decimals but the right price is, is 1 to 5 which is 1.2 then there's no reason why you wouldn't make that a bet and, and have a, a decent stake on it obviously you'd have your uh, your staking system worked out but um, yeah I mean value can be earned at any price whatsoever but obviously the lower you go down the the risk versus reward um, kind of comes into a, into the equation I can understand if people aren't betting sort of big chunks why you'd just would happy to leave alone at a sort of 1.5 shot regardless of what the right price should be so i know most punters don't like going below sort of 7 to 10 1.7 in, in decimals uh 4 to 6 1.66 if pushed really but um yeah valley comes at any price really so i've Uh, I'm not bothered. (laughs) I'm happy to take a one to two shot uh, if the value is there. But um, I guess my sort of price range, my sweet spot, if you like, tends to be between about seven to ten and six to four. Uh, So one point seven to two point five. That's where I tend to get most of my success, really. But um, it really depends on each person and each individual and what their, their preferences are.
0: Nice little insight there. Now we're making a few changes to our great daily offers at Betfair. You now have to opt in into promotions to enjoy the rewards available on both the exchange and the sportsbook. You can opt in quickly and easily by clicking a promotional banner or going straight to the promotions page and clicking opt in. There's a step-by-step guide on betting.betfair.com or even betting.betfair.com, which is the actual website, not the one that I just read out. Uh, West Ham can drag Nottingham Forest right back into relegation danger if they beat them at the London Stadium. But Jake, they seem awfully skinny to take the win at 1.84 because while Forest have been ticking along, picking up points home and away, West Ham don't seem right at all.
2: Um, No, they, they don't, but... I mean I'm not my you're going to tell me you are going Ham, for the West Ham no, no, win no, now no, aren't you. No <laughs> I was just going to make a I was just going to make a small kind of half case for them because we, we, what we have seen from West Ham particularly at home is that they've dealt with relegation rivals really easily. Um you, know, you look back through the through the matches they beat Wolves 2-0 in what was a very comfortable win uh, beat Bournemouth 2-0 they beat Everton 2-0 recently as well. Uh so when they are playing the kind of you know teams in and around them at home they have ultimately, the class has shown, which is, in my opinion, they are a a team that are much better than where they currently sit in the table. Um, The date is better than where they currently sit in the table. Um, And you know these kind of matches are the ones in which they have really exerted the dominance and they have shown that they are better than a relegation scrap. Having said that, um, I'm not ready to trust them in this game, Um, partly because I rate Nottingham Forest. I think the Nottingham Forest are... A good side. Um, they're very difficult to break down, which is you know, really important when you're trying to survive. If you're not conceding chances, you're not going to concede too many goals. Um, you know, Man City racked up a load of chances. do were fortunate to get a point last week, but if, if we exclude that game and look at the six prior, um, Forest have only allowed 1.2 expected goals against per game over that six-game period. So they're a team that aren't conceding many chances. And, and then at the other side, you've got West Ham, who are exactly the same. Like Their defensive process is actually you know top eight in the league from a data perspective. Um uh, the last seven matches, and they've only allowed 1.27 expected goals against per game. So you've got two decent defensive teams going head to head, um, and two attacks that are really faltering. Um, you know, let's let's that's probably as kind as I can say it from a West Ham perspective, anyway. They're they're really struggling to score goals, create chances. Um, yeah, it, and, and Nottingham Forest. Last uh, across the last six matches, again, excluding that City game, they're averaging just 1.1 expected goals for per game. So they're not creating any chances either. So, um, again, we we just talked about a similar kind of price with the the overs in the Arsenal game. I I think the unders in this match uh, at 1.76 on the exchange just looks too big again because, you know, you've got all that data that points towards Two struggling teams in attack, but two solid defenses. And then you add in the fact that it is a relegation six-pointer, and these games are generally quite tight in terms of neither team wanting to lose. Um, and, and because it is still early in the season, you won't see any or either side go hell for leather and try and get the victory. So yeah, the unders just looks massive to me. Um, and I'm more than happy to kind of oppose goals. Um, it's landed in all of Forest's seven match, last seven matches, and it's six of West Ham's last seven. So He's got a really decent recent qu- click rate, I'll try and say that really quickly. <laughs> Yeah,
0: probably not. You might get yourself into trouble there. Uh, to the Bundesliga, I'm backing Borussia Mönch and Gladbach to avoid defeat at Mainz on Friday night. Gladbach have just beaten Bayern 3-2. They've got players like Lars Stindl, Jonas Hofmann in terrific form. I know the allegation against them is they only turn up for the big games and there's certainly a lot of evidence to back that up but I just sense there is something changing with that Gladbach group. Mainz playing well in general but the home forms been really hitting miss this season I just think they're way too short for this game so you can actually back the foals double chance at 1.86 so we only lose if they lose and Mark you've got Bundesliga pick as well
1: yeah, um, two teams who are involved in Champions League action midweek. Uh, RB Leipzig up taking on Eintracht Frankfurt. Um, one of the games of the weekend, I think, in Germany. Obviously, Bayern taking on Union on Sunday, the standout one. But I'd say this is a, a very close second. Um, I think there's plenty of potential in this match being, being quite a watchable affair, actually providing that both teams are fresh enough after their their sort of excursions in midweek. Um, We discussed, you know, their their strengths and their weaknesses on the Champions League show. Um, Leipzig, you know, so well-stocked with offensive firepower. Uh, Love the blend of variety to their attack. Uh, Probably no Danny Olmo again this weekend, but Nkunku coming off the bench again midweek. Um, Might even get a start in in this weekend's match and uh, just so impressed with what they did last weekend, going away to Wolfsburg and scoring three goals and, and... so that wasn't a fluke at all. They created countless opportunities. Um, back at home uh, now this weekend, as they were in midweek, where I was, uh, I was a bit disappointed with their sort of approach, particularly in that first half. They looked very, very sort of tame and, and kind of concerned about Man City's threats. And when possession was turned over, they didn't know what to do with it. A bit of rabbits, rabbits in headlights kind of stuff. But they solved it in, in the second half and they really showed City what they are capable of. Uh, the goal that they scored was coming. Uh, Andre Silva hit the bar, obviously, before that. And they caused City problems. Um, They've scored in every home game this season. They've scored twice or more in eight of ten at home. Seven of those home games have gone over two and a half goals. uh, And those uh, Bundesliga fixtures are averaging 3.2 goals per game. Uh, So expect over two and a half goals to to land in this match. Um, Seven of Leipzig's nine with uh, fellow top eight teams have gone over. Uh, the two that didn't uh, featured exactly two goals. Uh, and despite sort of sitting just outside the top four, they have only kept six clean sheets domestically all season. So they will give you an opportunity, uh, which should encourage Frankfurt, who turned them over, I think, 4-0 in the reverse earlier in the campaign. Obviously, Marco Rosa wasn't in charge then, but even still, uh, Frankfurt uh, should have Moani available. I think you know, he's a slight doubt after midweek. Uh, but other than that, you know, fully fit, fully stocked frontline uh, and forward thinking players. They've scored in 18 of 21 Bundesliga games this season, including 8 of 10 away. They scored in both of their trips to the top six at Bayern and Freiburg. Um, so they've scored nine of 10 matches against the top 10, but just two clean sheets uh, in that sample and, and zero clean sheets kept away from home. Their away games uh, mirroring Leipzig's home fixtures and averaging 3.2 goals. All 10 away games have featured at least two. Um, I just make over two and a half goals here, much shorter than the 175, which is available, which to me is a a very big price for the Bundesliga. This is a league which is averaging 3.23 goals. 61% of matches in this division have gone over two and a half goals. If we turn that 61% hit rate into implied odds, You'd be looking at kind of a blanket price of 164 for over two and a half goals in a standard Bundesliga game. We're getting 175 and I would argue we've got two of arguably the most offensive and attack-minded teams with the best quality forwards in the division on show outside of potentially Bayern Dortmund. Um, So yeah, just hopeful that they've got enough gas in their tank particularly Leipzig after playing Wednesday it's a quick turnaround to Saturday but uh hopeful we'll get some goals here and I think the overs is underrated
0: yeah I think we will too now it's time for a brand new feature wow it's called the doctor's prescription where our very own data doctor Jake rifles through the XG pharmacy to bring us a goal scorer pick based on his data Jake
2: who have you got first um, yeah, well, we're, we're kicking off with a bit of a bang. Uh, we're not going for a, a short one. We're going, we're going big. We're swinging big. Um, James Tarkovsky to score any time in Everton versus Aston Villa is at thirteen to one on the sports, but you could get matched at around eighteen on the exchange. Um, he's a yeah, he's a massive threat from set pieces, and that's kind of the angle that I've taken here. Because digging into the data, it, it's quite clear to see that the Toff is a really strong. From dead ball situations since Dyche took over. Um and Villa recently in particular have looked very vulnerable. So um Everton, their ex from set pieces, 0.55 against Arsenal, 0.14 against Liverpool. That came from just one shot, which hit the post, if you remember. Yeah, so Tarkovsky
0: um, scored against Arsenal, hit the post against Liverpool.
2: So he's been that's consistent. Right. Um and then against Leeds, they racked up one point one five expected goals from set pieces, which is a really high total. Uh, and in total, 46% of their overall XG under Daesh has come from set pieces. So they are extremely reliant on their dead ball situations to create the chances. Um, then they flip that around and Villa, um, their XG conceded from set pieces, 0.28, 0.6, 0.22, 0.93, 0.72. Um, an average of 0.46 per game across the last six matches. So... They've looked vulnerable. They've conceded a lot of shots from dead ball situations as well. Um, average around 4.6 per game as well. So ultimately, I, I think this is a strength versus a weakness. And what is going to be a very tight game with few goals, few potential chances, it could be a, a you know a set piece that defines the, the match and, and settles things. So Tarkovsky looks big at the prices. Um, I think he's only just a bit shorter than Connor Cody, but he's obviously got a much better scoring record than Cody um, gets, you know, his XG per 95 since Dyche took over is um 0.26. Now, can you guess um that figure 0.26? So it's a small sample. It's three matches, but since Dyche took over, there's some really high profile names that Tarkovsky actually outperforming from an expected goals um, perspective. So just throw a few names out. Uh, no, 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 <laughs> not quite. <laughs> I would have loved that
0: though. It would have uh... been good. Mo Salah. Uh no,
2: Mo Salah is doing all right. Right, go on then, Mark. Rashford. No, no, no. Rashford's flying, isn't it? <laughs> it's a nice shout. I'd love I to think... see
1: Tarkovsky overperforming Harry Kane, but yeah, no, yeah. it won't be the case.
2: Yeah, okay. Maybe not maybe they're not that high profile. <laughs> down, David De Gea. <laughs> but... <laughs> he's definitely overperforming De Gea. Um, so he's overperforming West Ham striker Mikel Antonio, who is right. 0.22. Tottenham forward heung Son who's at 0.18 Kevin De Bruyne at Man City who's at 0.16 he's obviously a very forward um, thinking player Alan saint Maximan, Newcastle winger 0.14 and um, the man of the moment I guess Karo Mitoma he's overperforming him based on expected goals as well so it kind of just shows you the kind of levels that is hitting in terms of his um, you know getting on the end of chances on a regular basis that he's actually outperforming some, some of the league's better forwards so you know as i said you factor all that in he scored against um arsenal he hit the post against liverpool he had two shots one on target against leeds so every single game on a dice has been a constant threat and 13 to 1 looks a little bit on the big side and the big features
0: just keep on coming you know what this is right it's time for marco hair scott watch Oh, hey, Escort watch. Come on then, Mark. What have you got for us?
1: Uh, It's 3pm Saturday. Um, where do you want to be, Kev? Where do you want to be in the world?
0: Oh, what, I want mean, to be in Scottish League 2. There's no question do. about this. Of course you do. It's We're the there every week. the only place to be. Yeah, absolutely.
1: We're, it's the only place we ever want to be and that's why we go there every weekend because it's, it's a great league. Um, I'm not going to go down the goals approach this week after last week's heartache, um, which looked like a, a winning selection. Very early doors and still managed to lose. But we're going to Dumbarton Football Stadium, also known as The Rock. Um now, at times, um, I think I or we can be a bit facetious, a bit flippant about this segment. But um, I do. Like How to provide... dare you? How
0: <laughs> dare you? I take this one hundred percent seriously, as you know.
1: Well, I, I like to try and provide a, a little bit of colour, maybe a little bit of culture, because these teams and this league, you know, they won't get mentioned anywhere else, really, in the football media, particularly football betting podcasts. And uh, I, I'm being deadly serious now when I say Google Dumbarton Football Stadium, the Rock. Um, that's what it's kind of known as. Um, it looks like one of the coolest stadiums in the UK. It's a tiny little ground, which is like overshadowed um, by the old castle fortifications called Dumbarton Rock. Um, overlooks kind of two rivers. Uh, really cool. Um, now, I'm a bit of a stadium geek, but it's definitely on my, yeah, to go to grounds, which I haven't been to yet. Uh, I'm being gen- genuinely serious about that. But Your um, poor yeah.
0: old good lady is not only getting unwanted information about Arsenal, she's going to get dragged to Dumbarton soon. <laughs>
1: Wow, well, she's a lucky lady. She um, is. She is. Um, <laughs> they're top of Scottish League Two. They are the, the current league leaders. They were beaten last weekend. Uh, that means the gap to second place Sterling is down to three points. But they're back at the Rock this weekend, where they have been uh, formidable. Really, they've won eight games, drawn twice, and failed to lose in the league. They've got a plus fourteen goal difference at home. They've conceded just five goals, six clean sheets from ten, and they've scored twice or more on seven occasions. And they're hosting an Elgin team who they've already beaten twice this season uh, and an Elgin City team in their worst form of the season. So since mid-October, they've lost 8-14, but more recently it's five defeats in eight and four defeats in six. Uh, they haven't won in any of those six either. They have scored just once in the last four and they've only kept three clean sheets across the whole season uh, and have the second worst defence in the division. So obviously when you're conceding goals frequently and struggling at the final third, it uh, doesn't sort of... Uh, read too well for you, particularly when you're going to the league leaders who are so strong at home. So um, yeah, quite happy to oppose Elgin here, get Dumbarton side. They aren't the flashiest of teams in this league. They're very process-driven, very efficient in the final third, um, if you look at the underlying metrics. Uh, and actually, if you look at the correct scores and their spread of them, none of their 14 league wins have featured five goals or more. 11 of them have arrived by either a 1-0, 2-0 or 2-1 scoreline. So We can boost the price on Dumbarton just to win the game, which is around 7-10, to by including under 4.5 goals and we're getting an even money shot, which I think holds plenty of appeal considering the difference in quality between these two teams.
0: Well, this football season you can get a helping hand with BetFair's popular bet builder. Easily add our most popular or fan favorite football selections to your bet slip in just one tap. Ts and C's in the description. 18 plus cgambalaware.org. I hope you haven't got feature fatigue, because now it's the world famous podcast Treble, a betting feature that's caught the imagination of people all over the planet. So much so, there's actually a debate in America right now over whether the famous faces on Mount Rushmore should be recarved to show Mark, Jake, Stinch and Emmett. Now, how this works is each of the guys comes up with a football selection ahead of the weekend's action. I'm going to start and I'm going to start big. I'm going to go for Darwin Nunez to score for Liverpool against Crystal Palace at 2.56. But why? Well, he scored in his last two games. He's got 12 goals for the season. And I think he'll be mega fired up because he got sent off in the reverse fixture. He'll get loads of stick off the Palace fans. He'll get loads of stick off the Palace players. I think he'll love all that. And I think against a Palace team that's not playing particularly well, I think he's got a good chance of scoring at 2.56. Mark,
1: what have you got for us? It's a, it's a tricky weekend, I think. Not just at home, but also abroad. So I'm going to keep things relatively simple and, and follow up on my uh, Scottish League 2 selection. on um, Dumbarton to win 7-10. Uh, to 10, I think it has a, a nice second wager in there. So over to Jake. Jake, take us home.
2: Um, I'll take overs in the Leicester-Arsenal game. Um, I think we're all, we'll all we expect there to be quite a few goals in that one. Especially the way Leicester have been defending. So, um, yeah, I think that should give it a decent price for the treble.
0: That might be the most straightforward treble I think we've ever done. You're no, so disappointed about there that, Whatsoever. No, no, it's all good. It's all very efficient. And that's all we have time for, would you believe, on this edition of Football Only Better, please do remember to gamble responsibly. We're going to look ahead to the League Cup final on Sunday's show. There be plenty of tips besides, including a look at Le Classique between Marseille and Paris Saint-Germain. Very important game in the league title race. Yes, there is a title race in France. Uh, lots of other good shows in our podcast network, including Cheltenham Only Better as we look ahead to the Cheltenham Festival from Jake, from Mark and from me. It's goodbye for now.